0: What up, everybody? It's your host, Al Megacy, your Comic Crusaders, and on The Cover Capes. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast, and today we got two awesome guests, man. It's a creative duo. Absolutely. They got an awesome project, Hallucination Engine. Yep. No, folks, I did not smoke enough weed yet, so I'm not playing about the hallucinations I'm talking about. They're doing some crazy stuff that will make you feel probably like you're blunted. You know, it's a production by the Super Geek League. Let me introduce the one and only Floyd McFeely. And Mr. Hey, Mister John, we gotta go. what's up, fellas? How, are How you? Are you doing? Hi, hi, hi! Thanks hey. for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We're gonna talk some, some, some business here. Some, some punk, some art, artistry, some, some bunk. What? Oh. <laughs> Let's. Well, this yeah. always
1: throws me off. I'm like,
0: reverse, yeah, folks. <laughs> let me tell you that 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 thing behind them pre-show, I thought was really him standing just waiting for me on camera. They were <laughs> like, oh man, that freaked me out. I mean he looks freaky so guys thank you for for you know coming on and chit chat a bit about the, the production and everything you guys are doing so a little bit about yourselves floyd tell us a bit about yourself where you're from and and a little piece of your geekdom
1: yeah well uh super geek league is a uh basically a, started off as a, a punk rock show uh, about 20 years ago um out of seattle washington that's where i used to live mm. um and uh Basically, the whole project started as a you know as a Christmas gift for friends um, in my inner circle. I sent out a character profiler, and they filled it out, and then I turned it into a, a soundtrack and created all the characters, etc. And that was sort of the inception of Super Geek League. And then from there, um, after going into once I released the the uh, limited edition LP and sent it out to all my friends, I went on. Uh, uh, tour in Europe with the, uh, the Brand Flakes. Uh, shout out to Mildred hey, Pitts and Otis Fodder. And we played the Nantes Experimental Music Festival. And I was a dancing gorilla, C.C. Really? uh Yeah. And uh, I got a free trip to Europe to do that. And that was hey. awesome. But on the way back, Brand Flakes were, you know, they were wearing my project. They're like, you should, you know, open up for us in a local show in Seattle. And I was like, I don't have a band. It's just a music project. So. They're like, well, we're pretty sure you can come up with something anyway. So I did and uh, proceeded to uh, create an air guitar band behind me while I sang over top the actual recordings. <laughs> and I had a, uh, uh, a chicken playing the drums, a, a gorilla playing stand up bass and some crazy. Uh, I don't know what he was, but he was like an Arctic clown in full Arctic gear uh, playing, rocking the tennis racket. And we just fucking went up there and did it. And then we started booking shows as a what? result. And really? yeah, wow. And local promoters are like, hey, come and do this. So I started to build a band around it. And then, you know, we were going into venues, setting up full-on trampolines and shit. And I always had auxiliary characters and all kinds of shit going on because I wanted to create an experience. And wow. needless to say, we kind of made a name for ourselves, pissing off pretty much every venue. But <laughs> definitely... Um, Led to getting booked on Vans warp Tour, which Whoa, we got cool. picked off on on our very first day. We got thrown off the tour, which was, again... On day one. Day one. You that we, bad, huh? We didn't read the fine print, Al. They are like, this is a fucking family show. We're like, oh, <laughs> this is warp Tour, dude. Like, what? Okay. So apparently all the flying fish and debris and all the antics didn't go over very well, so... Uh we had to stick around and we got reprimanded. I felt like I was in the principal's office again, mm-hmm. getting this from the head of security. And um, they don't do that shit here. This is a family. I was like, okay, cool. So they allowed us to redeem ourselves and clean everything up. And we stayed on the tour and, and um kind of snowballed from there. And then we just kept doing, you know, I just kept adding to it. And every show that we do, I would just add more characters, I'd create more of the mythology develop more of the mythos and just throw it out there. And to eventually we were doing major uh, festival productions where I was doing full on 120, you know, circus performers across five stages and oh, yeah. constantly working on this narrative that was just kind of stewing in the background. Um, and over sort of the next couple years, I uh, eventually decided to put it on a live stage and try to uh, get a shot and um, producing the actual hallucination engine for the, for the live stage. And we did a couple of shows and uh, we did a couple of tune-up shows in Seattle and Portland before we took it to New York city and the Gramercy theater uh, compliments of live nation and the AIG. Uh, and it was a sort of be a showcase off Broadway to see if live nation would be uh, or AIG would be interested in picking it up. And uh, so we took about 60 performers and, produced this two two and a half hour epic odyssey. They're trying to condense this crazy world uh, into a a theatrical production. Uh, I I don't think it was successful at articulating the actual uh, narrative, but it definitely was successful in entertaining the fuck out of people. But uh, (laughs) needless to say, it didn't get picked up and I kind of was like, you know, I want to kind of take it into a new medium. And I always was interested in the graphic novel and comics, et cetera. And, you know, having no experience in that, I, I I found myself on, you know, going and trying to find a, a great artist that kind of fit my style and my aesthetic. And I saw John's work on Deviant Art, and I was I was I was snooping around and I stalked him, and I was like, this dude is <laughs> perfect for the project. And I solicited to him, and John was kind enough to respond. And you know, this was years before this the actual production came to be. But then he he, he kind of did a couple of Uh, interpretations of some of the artwork that I sent him and then we just kind of got busy and I took a couple years and after the show in New York City I came back to him and then it just clicked John was like yeah I'm fucking ready let's go and uh, we just jumped right into it so uh, it took us about, about a year and a half to to produce it get all the artwork and I mean it was a pretty pretty major undertaking. And John was just the absolute beast. I mean, I never seen an artist just take something that was so not, you know, that's just so off the wall and bizarre and just handle it. And he never, you know, he would just take it. He would take the art direction. He would crank out comps. I'd be like, no, let's try this. Let's try that. And he would, he would, didn't skip a beat. I mean, he was truly nice. a consummate professional. I never worked some, with somebody that worked that just crushed, so much brilliance in such a short period of time on a weekly basis and never skip the beat. So uh, it was really an amazing process um, to just see it come to life in a different fashion because I did everything live and you know, was used to producing uh, costumes and theatrical productions. But in this medium, I had no experience and John really, really was uh, instrumental in bringing it to life. So hats off to him. And you know, we, we are now at that point where we're like, okay, we got it out there and we've kind of been experimenting with models. I'm not familiar with the space as much as John is. I and mean, John's just, his, his resume speaks for itself, but you know, just how do we get it out to the people? How do we, you know, it, it's really kind of off the wall and it's not for everybody. I this def- is what
0: I wanted to ask. Well, you're not a, you know, being a, a punk rocker out there, you know, causing uh, mayhem everywhere. So you were never a a fan of comics growing up? Oh, Uh, I was.
1: Uh, was. Yeah, for sure. But it wasn't like I was... I was never steeped in the medium in terms... I I wasn't an illustrator. I couldn't draw. I was definitely writing scripts all the time. And I I thought cinematically all the time. And I did a lot of multimedia stuff. And um, I had that in my repertoire as well. I did a lot of animation stuff, which is actually... Mm -hmm we we kind of used in the sort of the motion graphic approach with our project but i wasn't an illustrator i mean i i could hack my way through designs and do a lot of comps because i designed a lot of costumes and all the characters you see but to bring it to life and actually in that cinematic um fashion that you have the beautiful still imagery and, and capturing that um in a comic, uh, you know, that type of style and approach, I never had any experience doing that. I mean, storyboarding and all that from a production standpoint, but uh, you know, I, I just never, never gave it a shot. So yeah. this was kind of the first crack at it and, and working with John was just, just instrumental in all that. And I think we, our combined skills turned it into something kind of different because it's not a traditional comic or motion comic that you see out there. There's a lot of, more cinematic i think than uh, you know especially with the music and yeah that's what i'm saying front.
0: you guys say it's a digital audio enhanced motion graphic
1: yeah yeah and i think I mean, it's really it's a lot of words because it's so hard to just say what it is and that's always been a challenge of describing what the fuck <laughs> you I, that's always been my challenge i'm like right, um, it, gotcha. it is what it is you got to go check it out for yourself because it doesn't fit in a box so
0: as it shouldn't, that's comics. It should, you know, it's, it's, it's art. It's different as, as it should be. So John, why was that? What you know, what made you decide that? Okay. I'm ready now to to, to tackle this insane project from the uh, mind of Floyd.
2: Well, Floyd was standing me pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> he, was, he was tracking me down. He wouldn't let me go. And uh, I appreciate, I appreciate a client. Uh, and at that point, our relationship was client based. It wasn't, you know, we, I've, I have many clients that I'm not friends with. But I adore them; they're wonderful, but not in the shoot the shit sense of of friendship, where you have some insight into people's lives and their history and their story. Uh, I think I think I was intrigued by it because I was scared of it. Um, I'm I'm I had the privilege through the course of my career from starting as a comics obsessed monster kid. Moving forward, trying to somehow figure out a way because I'm I'm a '70s kid, right? Uh, so there wasn't a, an ecosystem or uh, an infrastructure to really connect to people. There was only your local comic store, if you were fortunate enough to have one in your in your hometown, uh, which I did when I was much much older. Uh, but in my formative years, there wasn't really anything. It's kind of a neighborhood. Discourse. So the idea of connecting to people who are like-minded was a bit more of a challenge, and you kind of felt alone, and so on. Flash forward to working at Bioware, which was my first real collaborative uh, environment as a creator. Uh, that made all the difference. So immediately, you know, through the course of the nine years I was there, I become a professional. And part of being <laughs> a professional is to treat all your potential clients. With respect, you don't disregard it. You don't dispute it. You just say, "Well, that's thank you for thinking of me. I appreciate you reaching out." <laughs> and initially, I thought you know Floyd was in that in that silo, right? And that's only fair, I think, as you disseminate uh, who you want to work with and the reasons you want to work with them. Uh, and I was scared of the project the first time. Uh, I'm not going to bullshit anybody. Uh, I think there's projects that you know. You can see the bottom of the pool and there's other ones you can't. And I think it's just a matter philosophically or creatively or, uh, you know, as, as you evolve as a creator, you have more experience under your belt with more and more significant challenges. You eventually build up that that set of muscles that, you know, is going to be the right combination mm-hmm. of uh, explosive power and 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 nuance. And I also didn't understand it. And that's exciting. <laughs> I, mean that, I mean that in the nicest possible way. Uh, I, I, what I appreciate is because I, I do a lot of work. In, I mean, I'm almost exclusively in film and, and television, of course, screen-based entertainment. And I do comic covers, which are largely just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, editorially, I'm sitting doing an image I think will be appealing and somehow speak about the book. But it's it doesn't have uh, rock and roll in it. It doesn't have figure and metal and and energy in the traditional collaborative sense. It's mostly just me sitting here. Yeah. So uh, I appreciated a couple of things about it. Um, one, as I said, that I didn't understand the damn thing, and I can understand quite a bit. I was like, okay, so this is the this is the uh, psilocybin diaries. Got it. All right. Let's let's move forward. And uh, as as Floyd uh, moved the story forward and enriched it and gave it muscle and and endurance and legs from that that two year period, when he initially contacted Mm -hmm. me, I was like, okay, I don't have much to hang my hat on narratively. Like, why would I give a shit about doing this thing? Who are the characters I'm going to care about? What's their journey? What's their story? Typical producer questions you ask, like, why would I want to spend time and money On this experience, just because it's cool, that that works when you're on stage. That's a you just go, you're just sensory overload. Yeah, liquid light just flood me, baby. And you're kind of, you know, you're probably kind of, you know, high, you know. And (laughs) there's there's an energy from the live experience that doesn't translate or is very difficult to translate to to uh, the the experience that we've offered people. So yeah, I was scared of it. And I didn't understand it, which is usually, you know, the the recipe for me being intrigued by something on a creative level. And there were things I didn't know if I could do. And I can do anything. Um, one thing: if if anybody knows me, they don't. I, I don't lack for confidence. So uh, there was there was moments in this thing I didn't know if I could do it. Hmm. Like how? Well, and, what and, was the most difficult? Yeah, through the process, okay. I was like, there's moments I didn't know. Wow! How do I do this? I'm visually literate, and I don't know how to do this. This is representing uh, a number of challenges that that I'm thrilled that I first of all had the opportunity to to work with someone like Floyd with. Uh, as I kind of moved past those obstacles, and I tell you, once you've once you've crushed hallucination engine, nothing, <laughs> nothing scares you after this. <laughs> nothing. And I can't go on. Please put that on record Internet. I know you never forget (laughs) this. This is for the record uh, and on the record uh, forever. Um, It really is a matter of uh, the challenge was too sweet to say no and. (laughs) <laughs> too terrifying yeah. to consider. So <laughs> terrifying. Lot, look at that, it. That's fair. I have a lot of friends in the game and a lot of them play it safe. They stay in their lane and they do their thing and good mm-hmm. for them. And it's wonderful. They put their kids through college. They do all their things. Um but I thought, you know, it's ironic that, you know, when you're getting to the you know, you're reaching a point where you're at your the height of your powers, you know, you feel comfortable and confident and everything why wouldn't I take the the more difficult choice? Why wouldn't I take the more daunting challenge instead of just playing it safe? Because that's anti-punk rock is Uh to play it safe and be soft. You go, well, and, and, you know, Floyd and I share that pedigree all the way back. I think we were both jumping off stages when we were teenagers. So, the energy of that, you never forget. The the lessons of punk rock, you never forget.
0: I was jumping off stages at 30 still. Wow. <laughs> how did it go? There's the question, how did it go?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God.
0: Oh, oh I, I, yeah, it. the next day, definitely. But I was still doing it. I'll tell you that one. Yeah, That's on that And I'll do it now. Yeah, <laughs> you light
2: it up. And I think you light it up any number of ways because you show that, you know, while you may have changed as a lion, Uh, You have, like, to me, a creative challenge is probably the most daunting thing a human can do. I've jumped out of airplanes. I've, you know, I've done all this death-defying nonsense. And none of it comes close, except maybe the birth of my daughter. I have to say that was probably the most harrowing existential moment of my life.
0: Man, you and me both, brother. You and me both. When I saw my baby girl born and I was there in the room, it was, oh, my God. There's nothing (laughs) like it.
2: There's nothing like it. Now, I realize people have often equated the creative process with with the birth of a child. I mean, it's a disservice to both, to be honest. But uh, this, this felt like the first time that I was at a ground zero was something that I didn't inherit and I wasn't refurbishing. Like this, it has a it has an immediacy, so I knew I had to do it, and I was scared I was doing it at the same time. And I I, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. scared. I'm not scared of anything. And Excellent. This this thing uh, made me made me a little
0: nervous. And it's gorgeous. I mean, look at that cover. Look at that coloring. It's freaky as heck, dude.
2: <laughs> dude, I know. Like some of the stuff that Floyd was sending me, I said, "This is." In the traditional sense of, of and even a you know a modern a modern hot take, I said I'm dealing with a madman who <laughs> also uh, is is uh, brilliant, funny, cogent, connected, grounded—all the things that you just go, how is it possible for a realist to also be this? Mm. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. This is the really? kind of person that I want to collaborate on something with. Because in film, for example. Collaboration has a different, uh, has a different nuance. You're part of a, a very, generally, a very long, uh, highly personnelled pipeline, right? So you, you contribute your, your key element to the process, and then it moves along. And then you contribute your key element, and then it moves along. And in this case, the buck stopped with us, and uh, we were the final editorial stamp. And any artist will tell you that the autonomy is everything until they're given autonomy. And
0: then,
2: <laughs> and then, and then you see where, you know, where, the, where it really cuts. But I think we ended up with uh, a really tremendous result. Like some of the, you know, some of the drawing I look at and go, ah, if I had more time, well, there's the enemy of us all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if I was using a different process, which this never would have got done. Uh, if I'd done what I was considering doing, uh, it would never would have got finished and we, you have to make choices and along the course of those choices, um, you end up with also some really tremendous happy accidents where you're like, I never would have thought of that till just now. And that's what I appreciated is that there was all these kind of creative landmines that I kept stepping on and it was the best. Because you just get a jolt from it, you're like, "Oh, geez, I don't know how I did
0: that." It's, I love it. I mean, that means that you you learn because, again, what's life without growth and learning? Because you know, it's true. Once you reach that point that you think you're a pro, and then you get challenged or see something new again, or feel, you know, you feel that renewed energy. It's a reinvigoration. It feels good. And before we continue, that I want to play this little 20 second joint you got from the YouTube that I have up. Let's play real quick so people also understand what's what's going on here. Oh wow! Now that looked cool.
1: Got a little intro. That
0: looks so cool, and that art, that that creature—I mean, it, it definitely reminds me of old school, like uh, uh heavy metal album art. Thanks, man. It's on that. You <laughs> I know was what I
2: mean? On Heavy Metal magazine.
0: Oh, there you go. So it has that 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 style to that look. I mean, I could definitely see heavy metal picking up something like this because they, they definitely do pick up some very odd stories, if you will, in books that mm-hmm. they give a chance to. So I think well, we've had right a lot of metal
1: influence, that's for sure, so I mean, clearly.
0: And, and I want you to explain to me, who the hell is Bonk that's behind you, bro? Because I, I can't stop looking at that thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Bonk is the uh, Bonk is basically, in, in the story, it's kind of like the, uh, the essence of Clown and the entire world on Terra 5, which the protagonist, Oppenheimer, a.k.a. Minkles, hallucinated using the hallucination engine. And that is basically the substance, much, much like the spice of Dune, to where everything and everyone is trying to harvest and control. Um, so that's kind of an undertone with uh, much of the narrative. And uh, so the Bonk is basically a, uh, you know, we have on our website, the Bonk points, the ultimate Bonk package. So everything's kind of centered around the idea of Bonk. Uh, of course, with the, the the logo and the merchandising and apparel. So it's a fundamental foundation of the whole sort of uh, mythology, um, the underlining of the Hallucination Engine. So,
0: All right. So when is the book coming to fruition? Is it out? Can we yeah, get our hands out. on it? So what's up then? So where can we go to get it? Is it just the website? Or can yeah, we the get web- it at our local right. shop?
1: Nope, just at the website. We, we've uh, submitted to... Diamond distributors. I mean, they're they're going to evaluate it and stuff like that. And you know, I had to go through the process of writing out the all of the uh, the the marketing plan and all that stuff. And we'll see. I mean, we'll see if they pick it up. But we're you know we're we're trying to push um, more of the 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 digital experience right now because we got to build a fan base. And that's one of the things that John and I discuss is that you know instead of making a bunch of stuff and trying to put it into shops, and if you go into you know, and I've visited a lot of independent stores and much of them are, you know, it's like they're going to be catered to the big boys and, um, you know, the DCs the Marvels and the dark horse and rightfully so. I mean, they, they got all the goodies and they, they control the market and that's what people are going in there for. But as an independent, you, and I, a, you know, always equate this to when we first started out performing, you had to go out and play shitty shows, man. You had to go to the play for free, get in front of people, make a, make a scene. And, you know, you don't go to a show and start charging people $50 to go see a band that no one's never heard of. They ain't going to do it. So you got to play for five bucks, play for free, get in there. And then people see you and go, Oh shit, that's cool. Give me some take behinds, you know, give me some leave behinds. Let me take this stuff, go check it out. And then, you know, kind of lead them down that, that path and show them that, okay, this is something worthwhile and something I want to check out. And uh, I think, Digitally, we can do that a lot easier than print, um, but print's available if people want to get it. We we do include the you know ultimate bunk package where we it basically giving a T-shirt away, a, a book, and the entire digital experience at cost. Nice. And uh, we're going to open that whole model up as well. We're going to make the whole series free for anybody that wants to get in there because we want people to come inside the venue. We don't want them to be locked out, you know what I mean, looking oh, nice. in and going – fuck what's going on in here and going, Oh, you want to charge me 20 bucks. I'm not going to fucking do it. I don't know who you are. So that was a big uh, a change we're making this week. As a matter of fact, we're just, we're lifting up the gates and allowing people Ooh, to come in.
0: Yeah. The bodegas open folks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh,
1: from there, you know, we want to, we want to build fans. We want to cultivate a, a, a relationship with our fan base and build communities. And that's something that both of us have done um, throughout our careers and You know, we're going as far as, say, because there's three series planned, and uh, we've already have the second series written. John and I haven't gone into production yet, but uh, we have the third series, which is the Hallucination Wars. We're opening it up by allowing people to go through the process we call the quest for bonk on our site, and if they go through and collect all the bonk points and kind of jump through the hoops and kind of gamify it a little bit, make it a little interesting and consuming series one. Then we're going to allow them to create their own character for the Super Geek League, and uh, then we'll have a chance to check it out. And you know, since we haven't written it yet, we'll develop some of these characters. And this is going back to my original inception of Super Geek League when I allow people just to create characters. So, from a community building standpoint, that's kind of cool to be like, "Yeah, shit, I want to, I want to fucking participate." But you got to—the reason why we bring them through the quest for Bonk and we give them a test and all that is because we want to make sure we qualify them. Like, do you not know, understand the universe? As John was saying, it's, it's pretty intimidating and we don't want to open up, create a character. If you have no context for this universe, it's not like, you know, hmm. captain underpants. I'm like, okay, well, how is this <laughs> fucker going to apply to the hallucination engine wars you know? So um, we have to set that context, but hopefully getting people and fans in to say, I like this. This is cool. I like what you guys are doing. I want to participate and cultivating that type of energy. As we go, and it uh, sounds you know, to
0: me like a card game now. One of those card games that people play. I could see good. that coming out of this because if it's a whole world of, of, of nuttiness, I, mean, yeah. I could see this behind a, a metal or a punk, you know, soundtrack while people are playing. You know, you got to finish before the X song's finish.
1: So, you know, <laughs> there's Al. He's on our. He's on our game development yeah. team. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm already thinking here. I'm thinking. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, that's kind of the cool thing is that it's open ended and we we kind of made it that way where it's like we're not going to resolve anything. We're going to continue to uh, create and have this open platform and open world uh, to a certain degree. But trying to, you know, the, the trick is to make a really cool narrative, as John said, what, what are your characters? What is a character arc and their path and why should I be invested in them? And it's and it's hard. I mean, you know, we want to be able to get people in the venue, see the show much like a super geek league show. They came in there and go, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but wow. I mean, balk. what are you doing next? I don't get it, but <laughs> it's <bonkers>. it <laughs> yeah. But, um, at least with this, I, I, you know, I think I did a better job at least presenting the story and narrative, um, that, you know, um, it's, it's a little bit more comprehensive, but it's definitely walking that line. Uh, and what we used to do than live show, but I think that's, Kind of ironically enough, the metaphor here is that it is like you got your your band coming out of the garage. You know, you got to go and play and 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 put it out there and and build a fan base, build it organically. So, and you know, and that's another thing, testament to you for allowing us to come on here. I guess, like we, you know, it's really hard to get booked for anything, and people want to hear from a new property that's virtually unknown. So, hats off to you uh, for setting up this platform. So. No,
0: we're here to help independent on all scales. I mean, your project just stood out to me. I like colorful things, and I mean, it just looks amazing. And why not be in support of folks that are, you know, trying to do things that are a little different and bring different narratives and styles? I mean, John being even challenged, uh, now I'm curious, was there any one particular character or scene that that you challenged you the most within Um, the first book?
2: Well, no, I can't narrow it down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's, it's a blur of oh man uh i think i think though drawing on on my own experience um from film especially because i'm a i'm a lapsed storyboard artist what you're trying to to accomplish and and comics run in a different direction people often ask well what's the similarity well, well you're telling a story visually but with storyboards you're also concerned with focal lengths and uh you know your your camera speed your speed, everything so there's there's different considerations so i approached it like we were making uh for want of a better term our version uh using our own perverse media uh we were telling our we were making a movie versus making a comic book and comic books which i love um you know clearly my home is surrounded uh, I love the art form. It's it's new, very near and very dear to me. But uh, it tries to tell stories differently. Every every frame is a is a painting for a comic, whereas we're trying to propel a narrative forward in a way that's breezier than perhaps uh, your average comic. So where we have an eye towards how do we expedite this as a motion comic? How do we expedite it? You know, uh, you know, potentially uh, an animated series. So when we're building it, we're not building it in the in the traditional comic book way where I have a grid and I break it down. And I go, okay, close up here, establishing shot here. So it tests your ability to create a, a, a form language in terms of the storytelling. But because with us uh, in Hallucination Engine, you never know which axis is which. You have a world that, you're, you're never quite sure what your point of contact is, what your point of composure is, what the power balance is in the scene. So you just go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and there's been times where I've had, and I don't push away from anything really. I mean, I'm, this is my career. And uh, by virtue of being doggedly determined, if nothing else, certainly not talent or skill, but just perseverance and determination. I was like, there's no way this project's going to beat me. It's not going to happen. But we're going to come up with a result that neither Floyd Floyd nor I were expecting. And in the course of storytelling in the course of creating this grand adventure, um, I learned a whole bunch of different things, a bunch in in process and methodology and in creative approach and how to think of things moving forward. It wasn't a radical renovation. I'm not going to, be overly dramatic Mm -hmm. but uh it did inform my work on the boys which i just finished season three which was an absolute delight to be a part of oh my Uh, god i can't wait dr strange too so there's a whole lot of that too and i don't know uh if i could have had the extra gears in my in my shifter um if it hadn't been for hallucination and which it's I owe grat- gratitude to it. It freed me up in ways I wasn't expecting to. Now I'm absolutely fearless. <laughs> and it's all, no, I am. I am. It was the crucible. Uh, and I point to it. And if anybody ever asks me, like, what was the thing that changed the, the game for you? Like what made you a combination of, you know, utterly and completely confident in your ability to execute and also creatively daring. What was the thing that made you jump off the cliff? And I just pointed hallucination engine. I just said this, this again nightmare. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing because the agony that you see, like you know this from talking to artists, Al, and you know this Floyd, of course, too, having a complex, rich fantasy life. You uh, those struggles are always internal. You know they usually manifest like you're grumpy with people. <laughs> or whatever, yeah. but uh, it. It, it's entirely an internal uh, evolution, and and I, I speak to any artists who are uh, watching today, any writers. I said, do the daring thing, do the preposterous and stupid and challenging and wild thing, and uh, the the consequences of that, uh, the the residual effects of that are, uh, you know, quite remarkable i didn't think i was due for a shakeup as a creator i figured i would just sail on you know and this hit me like in my 50s mm-hmm. and it just raised my game like i just bumped from here to here and uh you know my gratitude to the project and to floyd and all of the process of it uh are are in you know i can't put a i can't quantify it necessarily but i can certainly tell in what my hand does as a direct result of what my cortex doing backflips trying to create this thing (laughs) Uh, because it's so out of my zone it it, I, i ironically it's it's a combination it's it's adjacent to everything i love but it's just out of my comfort zone as i said if you can't feel the bottom of the pool you're doing the right thing
0: You're Mm. doing the right project. (laughs) I don't Um, know how to swim, man. Don't scare me. Oh, dude! I can't feel about it. I I start panicking. (laughs) Well,
2: because we fail in public. So this this wasn't a thing that you know when I'm doing personal work and I you know and I jank a drawing, I don't necessarily have to show anybody. But this is a public display of uh, my of a struggle to tell an impossible story almost impossible story i think for the sake of argument it's virtually impossible to tell the story but it we did it <laughs> so it's like well man if we can do that you know yeah, we can move cool. any mountain really
0: that's great so what's the timeline for the second book then what do we what can we expect that or, or it's just a, a work in progress and
1: no firm yeah i don't know to be honest it's to be determined i think um like I said, we're, we're focused on trying to get this, uh, building up our fan base right now with the first, you know, cause that's the thing we put so much work and effort and blood, sweat and tears in the project. And it's so hard, you know, the marketing side is something I'm terrible at. I'll, 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 I'll admit that wholeheartedly. I'm not good at it. I'm trying to get good at it. And you really have to, you have to bait, you know, kind of beat on your own drum. And I've always been kind of behind the scenes type of dude, um, just grind and work and put it out there. And uh, I really have to, you know, make a concerted effort to go and like doing Comic-Con events and staying there and stuff like that.
0: Is there a con coming up for you guys in the future where we can see you guys? What's up? Where?
1: We're going to do the Motor City Comic-Con at the Novi uh, Convention Center in uh, Novi, Michigan, and then the Cherry Capital Festival uh, two weeks later in Traverse City. So those are the two that we have locked right now. Well, we also wanted to get our shit together in, in a sense of, putting things out there and it's it's trial by fire right says i don't have a manual i don't know you know i'm like trying to figure shit out and when you have a new property that is like okay what the fuck is this (laughs) you need feedback to define it and you need people to come in and go you know who is this for and who's this audience for and then our fans kind of go have you considered targeting this group no we didn't i mean we're in a fucking bubble here. I don't know. I, I think it's cool. John thinks it's cool, but you know, where are the fans at and where are you going to find them? How are you going to reach them? And uh, it's really challenging to put stuff up on, you know, on the internet. And, and I'm not a big internet guy in the sense of, posting every day and look at me i'm eating fucking toast and I just, I, <laughs> but I've you don't have to post like that. that
0: way you, you know you could post you know pieces of the art or the yeah, and, and and we, stuff like that i don't do the food thing either i i post you know what i mean if, no one's gonna see me eating empanadas you know yeah <laughs> I, I know that i love them but you're not gonna i'm not taking a picture i think
1: you know, we're doing done. a good job i mean i'm putting it out there and doing all the right things it's just it takes time to cultivate and build and I think things like this and getting out and as John said, and I I totally agree with this. It's like if if people can see we're just a couple of regular dudes that just make fucking crazy shit, you know, that's how you build your audience. That's how you build your fan base is you see, Hey, we're just regular guys. We're not, you know, we're just making weird shit. That's, that's kind of what we've done our whole lives. So, you know, that, this type of platform and this delivery system and saying, Hey, you know, at the comic cons, just come on up, check us out. And be happy to talk about it. It's easy for me to talk about. Excellent. Check it out. Go, go on the website. Look for yourself. I know it's not going to be for everybody. We know that. And, uh, you know, that's okay. But there will be some people that go, wow, this is really cool and different and unique in approach and style and, and narrative and all that. And like John said, we didn't play it safe. I don't know. I, I don't know how to do a commercial. I really don't. Uh, I, I, I even if I tried, I don't think I could. Um, it's just going to come out all fucked up and weird and what you see in front of you. And that's just kind of my jam. And, uh, you know, so we want to get it, we want to build a fan base and, and get it to, and we're like, we're ready to go. I mean, we already have everything written this, this, this thing's lock and loaded. And I know when, once John and I jump in again, it's going to be like, boom, and it'll probably be better because we learned so much in the production process. Cause this is totally unique. Um, just in the approach and style as we developed it and John even getting to a point where he was organizing files a certain way, knowing what I was doing on the animation side, he was just getting it intuitively. He's like, Oh, okay. I need to separate these elements so you can grab them and do your fucking mojo on the other side of it. But we learned through trial by fire because we weren't, we didn't start that way. And then I just kind of developed it as we went and then John picked up on it. So it was really a, a great ride and I know we're going to keep going and who knows what is going to happen next, but, uh, these comic cons will be an interesting, and, you know, first, you know, kind of interesting for me, cause I haven't done it before, but also opening it up and, and, uh, allowing people to go in there for free and check it out.
0: There you and go, I folks.
1: Uh-huh. I think we've just, you know, we, we shut the door and now we're opening it up. So hopefully we'll see what happens.
0: And folks, there you go. This is where you go. All right. The the store is open, folks. Take a look. Check out the awesome project that Floyd and John are bringing to the world. I mean, Visit them at the cons. Talk about the project. Spread the love. Um, This is going to be amazing. I think you guys have something special here, and it was great to chat with you guys about the project, that journey. I love the rawness of of you guys here, because, you know, just being honest about it. It's it's not an easy thing, but when you do it, it's rocking and rolling, and John, just speaking about your growth and those challenges and how that's even made you better. I mean, damn, Doc Strange and um, the boys, two, you know, batshit crazy things in themselves. And you're saying how much this, I can't imagine how much crazy this could be then <laughs> to make you that twisted. I can't. So, folks, I mean, you got to understand what I had with John here. Yo, you know, this is transformative. John's that was a his cocoon. <laughs> John's a fucking
1: titan, yo. He's a titan.
0: Love it. I love it. Well, you too, Floyd, man, you're going to be a tie. And I can't wait to see what you guys keep bringing to the game with the hallucination engine. Again, folks, check out the website, hallucinationengine.com. Check them out on Facebook, right? Hallucination engine and on Instagram, the hallucination engine, you know, show them the love, show them the support. Say hello. Visit the website, buy the packages, have some fun. Or if not, Bonk is going to be in your nightmares, smiling down on you like that. Look at this guy. <laughs> I can't. I'm telling you, that looks so creepy. He's messing with me. All right. So, with that, everybody, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you, Floyd and John. Guys, the outro says everything you need to do, with the exception of, visit our swag shop at comiccrusaders.us. And with all your comic books, visit none other than comiccrusaders.shop. All right. That's where you got to go and shop. Guys, thank you again. Much love. Thanks. love you, Absolutely.
2: Thanks for having us, man. I appreciate it. No yeah.
1: Problem. Thank you, Al. It's my so pleasure. It. As
2: always.
0: Weepa, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCaves.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.